0: Hello everybody, welcome back to this new edition of Raising Daughters. I'm Dr. Tim Jordan, a developmental and behavioral pediatrician. And I uh, love being here talking to you guys. And even though you're not looking at me, and even though this is something you're listening to in your car or sitting around at home, you're cooking or whatever, I still like to give information. And today I've got a topic that I wish I did not have to talk about. And that is, why is my daughter so stressed out? And if you think I'm exaggerating about girls being stressed today, let me tell you about some statistics from a study that was done within the last year. It was a a national survey of about 43,000 students. It was uh, by a group called Challenge Success, a research-based organization that was affiliated with Stanford University. And what they found with these students was that three-fourths of high school students and one-half of middle school students reported often or always feeling stressed by their schoolwork. And more than two-thirds of high schoolers reported being often or always worried about getting into the college of their choice. So I'm not just exaggerating or blowing smoke and, you know, talking about cliches here. And I see this all the time in my counseling practice, on my retreats, on my summer camps, when I go to schools. Kids all talk about how stressed out they are, and I've especially noticed this In the last month or two, as the new school year has started, I've seen more and more girls who are showing high levels of anxiety and stress. So this podcast, I'm going to talk about why. What's going on? What are the causes of the stress that our daughters are complaining about? What are the kinds of things that are causing our daughters to get overwhelmed? Well, first, I want to talk about Something that I've mentioned before in podcasts, I've written about it in blogs, in my books. And that is that we're trying to squish every kid into this one narrow path to success. It's like there's this myth out there that there is one path. And that path sounds kind of sort of like this. That you go to grade school and you get straight A's. And then you go to a good high school and get straight A's. And you pad your resume with all these activities that you do in order to make it look good in your college transcript, even if you don't like doing those activities. You're playing on not just a soccer team or a volleyball team. You're playing on a select club traveling team. And sometimes even more than one. And then, with all that behind you, you get selected into a prestigious top elite college. And the reason you want to go to that college is so you can do good at that college and then get a high-paying, incredible job and then make a lot of money. That's the lineage. That's the line. That's the path. And I'm telling you, kids have internalized that that message. I talk to kids all the time in circles where they get honest and vulnerable and real. And I hear that pressure about all of that so often. It's interesting, too, that that pressure about, you know, one path and it involves college. I asked those I asked girls in high school and I've asked groups of adults as well. If you look at every adult in this country right now in in the United States, every adult between the ages of 22 and 35, I ask them, what percentage do you think have a four year degree, a four year college degree? And I oftentimes get answers like, 50 percent 60 percent 70 percent and they're usually really surprised that the that the answer is about 30 percent maybe 33 percent or 29 or 32 it bounces a little bit but at most a third and the point is not to say that college is not important but the point is it's not for everybody and that path is not for everybody there isn't one way there isn't one way to get there wherever there is. And that's, that's had a lot of pressure on kids. There was an interesting study done by the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. This just in the last year. And they added a new item to their environments that make it harder for teens to succeed. Uh, items that put their, th- these teens at greater risk for having troubles. The things that that they had traditionally seen as at-risk things were things like being uh, or living in poverty, having experienced trauma either in your past or currently, things like racism, sexism, homophobia, uh, adverse effects of social media, being a child whose parents are recent immigrants, if you have a parent who's uh, incarcerated, those are some of the the risk factors that put teens at higher risk for having problems. But the new item on the list, just in the last few years, was an excessive pressure to excel. An excessive pressure to excel. And what they define that as is an environment characterized by extreme pressure to succeed or to outdo everybody else. And that is often but not exclusively occurring in affluent communities. This is not just about rich kids or private school kids. This is not just about them. This is about all kinds of kids. And when a when kid is growing up in that kind of environment with excessive pressure to excel, they have a much higher risk for things like high levels of stress, higher levels of alcohol and drug usage, higher levels of anxiety and depression. So, and that pressure comes from parents, coaches, uh, high school counselors, the college admission process, college admission counselors, that focus on high standardized test scores, high GPAs, padding your, your resume with extracurriculars and academic offerings, uh, being accepted into a top college or else, all that has produced that exe- excessive pressure to excel, which is creating a lot of stress in our daughters. Some more factors I see that's causing increased stress in kids today, one of them is the uh, the overemphasis on competition. And I'm not against competition, but everything these days is a competition. Everything, even things that used to not be a, a competition, things like cheerleading, things like music, uh, playing in a marching band. I'm not saying and some of you are going to be mad at me right now for me saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. It isn't, isn't enough today to be a cheerleader for your high school football or basketball team where you're cheering for your school, school pride, school spirit. A lot of girls are also on, are only on, a competitive cheer team where they're cheering for themselves, where it's all about competitions and traveling around, competing against other cheer squads. You can't just play in a marching, marching band or play an instrument. It's all about competitions to be the best. There's a fun activity that was brought out in some PE classes in grade school several years ago. Actually, probably longer than that. And They, they call it cup stacking, and it's really fun. I think there's a, a, uh, it's a process of, of stacking about, I think it's about 10 or 12 uh, like Dixie cups, like the big red ones, in a pyramid for time. And it was supposed to be a fun activity in gym class to improve your hand-eye coordination. It was, a, it was kind of a fun thing to do. And within a year or two, there's a national championship cup stacking tournament. So the kids came from all over the country to compete to be the best cup stacker. And I also noticed that there were some activities that used to be stress reducers. Things like drawing or painting or, or playing an instrument, those are things that kids would do to relax and to chill out or because they just love to do it. But now it seems like everything has to ha- be a means to an end. It has to be about uh, a college transcript or a career building to get a leg up, to, to get an edge, to look good on your transcript, to be better than other kids. It's, you can't just draw or paint or play ukulele. It seems a lot of girls uh, tell me that it feels like there's pressure on those things. They have to be perfect in those as well. So a lot of anxiety and stress can come from worrying about keeping up with or outshining their peers. Depression can be caused by a failure to achieve. A failure to live up to expectations from their parents and teachers and coaches. Or a failure to live up to the standards that our society and culture have been placing on girls. That's a huge cause of stress in our daughters. We've had another whole layer this year with the whole COVID uh, pandemic. And uh, I've talked about this before, so I don't want to spend too much time on this, other than to say that the uncertainties involved with the pandemic have caused a lot of stress. Uncertainties about activities. Am I going to be able to play on a soccer team? Am I going to be able to play for my high school team? It's my senior year. Am I going to be able to finish out my last football season, uh, football season, or my last swim season, or my last my last cheer season? Am I going to be able to go to school? Is it going to be in school, out of uh, you know, online school, a hybrid, back and forth, and back and forth? So that's a huge uncertainty that's causing stress on our kids, and our parents, and our teachers, and on our school systems. There's also a lot of uncertainty and also fear, and therefore stress in girls I talk to about their college prospects. You can't visit colleges and walk around like you used to. They've, they've stopped doing ACT tests. And there's there's this world out there like, we're, we're not gonna need those kind of tests anymore. Well, is that true or not true? How can I prepare myself? Should I take a, a gap year or a year off until things settle down? If I go to college, is it gonna be that college experience that I was anticipating? Where you go and live in the dorm and get away from home because right now, that's, it's not that picture anymore. It's a lot different. Girls are worrying about their futures. They're worrying about what jobs they're going to be able to get. Even if they're in 8th grade or 10th grade or 12th grade, they're already worrying about their career and how all this is going to affect that. There's also a lot of stress and uncertainty about, about their families, their parents' job, finances, being able to afford things. Not just college, if their parents were gonna help them out, but even just things like that they want, a car, clothes. Um, There's also the the whole stress that comes from not being able to connect with your peers like you used to. Getting together, hanging out. There's a lot of loss involved with that. And that loss also creates pressure because they're feeling, a lot of girls are worried they're gonna lose their friends, they're gonna lose their group because they can't get together especially girls whose parents are quote-unquote more strict than their friend's parents. There's Some some kids and some girls whose parents are like, whatever, do whatever you want. Others are like, no, we're going to quarantine and wear masks and social distance. And those kids are at a huge disadvantage because some girls are getting together with their friends and hanging out and having these parties and things and they can't go because their parents won't let them for good reason. But they feel like they're getting behind. They're missing out. It's that FOMO thing, the fear of missing out. So the COVID pandemic has caused lots of reasons for girls to be more stressed. Also, just social media. You know, there's, there's a study that I saw where that, that showed that teens who had higher levels of stress report spending an average of three and a half hours of, a day online compared with only about two hours a day for teens who had lower stress levels. So being online more, you know, it might be the chicken and the egg. Are you online more and doing social media more because you're stressed and because you have low self-esteem or because you're depressed? Or is it causative? That's hard to say. But I think the kids who spend more time, especially an inordinate amount of time online, on social media, and they aren't connecting in person, uh, they don't have activities that give them fulfillment, I think those girls are at more risk for higher levels of stress and mental health issues like anxiety and depression. Plus online, there's so much energy around comparing yourself to other people, which is a huge stress inducer for girls. That fear of missing out I mentioned a minute ago. How many likes do I have? How, uh, am I gonna be able to keep my streaks up? There's just all these things that happen that are, uh, that are associated with being online that cause stress for girls. Another big stressor for girls is negative self-talk. The female brain, which I've mentioned before in podcasts and blogs, the female brain is, is wired to ruminate more so than the boy brain. And so girls do a lot of assuming. And they ruminate, ruminate meaning to chew on thoughts, meaning they overthink, overanalyze. And they almost always ruminate worst case, not best case. They ruminate worst case about academics, about grades. There's girls who are worried about tests coming up because they they start ruminating: If I get a bad grade in this test, it'll bring my grade down. If my grade goes down, my GPA will go down. If my GPA starts to lower, then I won't be able to get into the college of my choice. If I can't go to the college of my choice, I'm gonna get a crappy job. I mean, they go from a test on Friday to I'm gonna have a crappy job, and that's no exaggeration. I've heard that over and over. It's so sad that they have that kind of pressure on themselves and that kind of stress. There was an interesting study, this is another stressor, that was done where 500 middle school students were asked to rank the values that their parents prioritized. And they found that the the middle schoolers who believed that both of their parents valued character traits like empathy and kindness and compassion, that parents who valued those traits more than achievement had much better outcomes at school they had better mental health, and there was less rule breaking and, and antisocial behaviors. Then their peers, who believed their parents were primarily achievement minded, that was a difference. Did parents uh, value character more or achievement more? And what the study found was that the, that the middle schoolers who fared the worst reported that their moms placed a higher value on achievement than character, and that their moms were also critical. And some of you who might be listening to this might be thinking, oh, I don't do that. I have much, you know, I, I value character. Well, I'm not saying that you don't, but sometimes I don't think we're aware of, of what we're communicating to our kids with our, with our conversations, with wh- the way we act, the way we behave. And a lot of times if you ask the kids what their parents prioritize, it's a different story than what their parents think that they're prioritizing. And if you're not sure about what's going on in your house, Ask yourself, where where's our energy go? Where's our time go? What do we talk about on our, on our rides to school and back, on our way to soccer games and back? And if there's a lot of conversation and stress about grades and homework and ACT scores and working your best 24-7, I think you just need to be really aware and honest with yourself. What are we valuing more? Where is the emphasis going in our home? Because if you're overvaluing the achievement parts, you're causing a lot of stress in your daughters. As opposed to prioritizing things, more intrinsic things, pro social values, things like uh, social emotional intelligence, compassion, kindness, collaboration, community building, those sorts of things. Another problem I see with girls with stress is that in a lot of schools, and especially in my experience, private schools, that stress can become a communicable disease. Meaning it's like a badge of honor to be stressed out. You walk into school on finals week and everybody's like one-upping each other about who's more stressed. I studied four hours last night. I was up till midnight. That's nothing. I was up till two o'clock. I studied for six hours. I didn't sleep. I haven't slept for three days. I've been studying so much. They actually start talking like that a lot. It becomes a competition about who's more stressed out. Which also is sad, that it's like that. That creates it's it's hard to be in the hallway of that school and not take it on. We have these things in our brain called mirror neurons that likes to mimic the behavior of people around us. It's a way of connecting. It's a way of feeling like you're part of something. And that's been in our brains for hundreds, you know, tens of thousands of years. And it's, a, it's not a bad thing. There's a lot of ways where we like to be like other people in positive ways with, if there's pro-social behaviors. Things like happiness are contagious. Kindness can be contagious, but so also can anxiety and depression and stress. So we need to educate our daughters more about that. Another cause of stress is, is a focus on externals. We've, we've taught our daughters, in a sense, to be focus on the destination more than the than the journey we've been focusing we teaching our daughters to focus more on things like grades what name is on the front of their jersey for college what club team they're on how many likes they have on social media being popular fitting in having the cutest boyfriend girls and you know i think the culture does that too but i think they've they've learned from a lot of places to focus on the externals, that those are the things that are most important. So what are some other stressors for girls today? One of the things that's always true is that kids always tend to mirror the adults around them. And right now, in this day and age, a lot of adults are stressed. A lot of adults are unhappy, and it's not just because of COVID. Even before COVID, there has been research that in the last last decade, that, that adults are more unhappy, more stressed than they were in the past. And COVID has, has added a whole other layer again. <clears throat> Parents worried about finances, their, their jobs, their, the future, etc. And because of that, kids absorb that. They feel it. And then it becomes part of, of, of their stress. Another big piece for kids, and especially teenagers, is sleep. Most of our teenagers are sleep-deprived. They're supposed to be getting eight to nine hours a night. And the average teen today gets more like seven, six, six and a half, seven, seven and a half. It's not enough. And when they're sleep deprived, they become more stressed. When they're sleep deprived, they become more angry. They snap more. They have less patience. They don't cope with things as well. <coughs> Excuse me. So things, something as simple as not having enough sleep can really amp up the stress level in, in your daughter. How about friendships? Woo. I could talk all day about the stresses and friendships. Am I in or am I out? Am I liked or am, am I not liked? Am I gonna be included or am I gonna be excluded? Am I gonna say something stupid or off at the lunch table then people are gonna roll their eyes at me and then not want to hang out with me? Even if, if a girl is being included in a group, there's always that worry about am I gonna be pushed out of the group? Am I gonna be rejected or left out? One girl told me one time that she has this mantra in her head that says, if push comes to shove, I'll be the first one shoved out of the group. The friendships, they compare themselves endlessly. Their appearance, their weight, their body type, uh, how hot they are, how attracted they are to, to a dating partner, their athleticism academically, their clothes, their social ability, everything that they can think of they compare themselves. I've made lists with girls in at retreats and camps of all the quote-unquote errs in their life, an apostrophe E-R. And that list is incredibly long. Like they wish that they were smarter, taller, prettier, more athletic, um, hotter. There's so many errors, prettier, so many errs that they have in their minds and that creates a lot of stress because in their minds, They'll always find somebody who is smarter, more athletic, prettier, etc. And so they're always down and they're always stressed. They have questions in their mind with their friends. Am I behind my friends socially? I've done this at camp a bunch of times with middle schoolers and high school girls. I have them sitting in a circle. I tell them to close their eyes. I tell them, raise your hand if you feel like you're behind your peers when it comes to things like uh, being social having friends, um, going to parties, uh, dating kind of things. Raise your hand if you feel like you're behind your peers when it comes to things like that. And with your eyes closed, almost everybody, if not everybody, always raises their hand. And then I tell them, open your eyes, keep your hand up if you have it up, open your eyes, and then they're like, oh my God, all these people have their, have their hands up. They have no clue that they're not the only ones who feel that way. And when they feel like they're the only ones who feel that way, pressure, pressure, pressure. They have questions in their mind like, why don't my friends call me or invite me out on the weekends? A lot of girls worry that they're, a, they're the third wheel in their group. They're, they're going to be cut out any minute now. They worry about the transitions when they, when they start middle school and high school or going off to college. Am I going to be able to make new friends? If they've had problems in the past... In third grade or sixth grade or eighth grade or their sophomore year, they're especially worried, am I going to be able to make new friends? Because in the past, sometimes I've had problems. One other thing I I want to mention with friendships. Sometimes girls, when they get to certain levels, like seventh or eighth grade, or sometimes it's in high school, some of their friends in their group start doing things that they don't feel comfortable with. As far as vaping or drinking or... Are, are, are uh, smoking weed, are things with their dating partners, sexuality, and so they're uncomfortable. And there's a part of them that wants to find a, a group that that mirrors their values more, but they're so afraid. If I leave this group, I won't have a group, and I don't want to be alone. And they feel caught a lot of times because. Nobody wants to be in between groups because then you're the girl at school who's sitting by herself at lunch. You're the girl at school who's eating lunch in the library or in the in the office, and that creates a lot of pressure within girls about should I or shouldn't I do the things that they're doing? That that whole peer pressure thing. I also want to mention just quickly. Um, school. You know, am I going to be able to keep up? Am I going to be able to satisfy my parents and my teachers? That creates a lot of stress in girls because they're so outwardly focused, you know, trying to get people's approval, not wanting to disappoint people. Oh, it creates a lot of stress in girls. I think the whole COVID thing has created all kinds of stress around online schooling. Um, Also, just the stress about not wanting to get COVID, um, not being able to talk to their teachers in person as much. Their classes sometimes can seem harder because some girls like like having a teacher right there. They worry about their classes uh, when they start getting up, up to upper school. Are they going to be too hard? Am I going to be able to keep up? Am I going to be able to do okay in my AP classes? Am I going to get a good enough GPA or ACT score to get into the college of my choice or a top college? Ooh, a lot of pressure around that. The whole college process, starting especially at the end of their junior year and starting their senior year, they all feel like they're behind, and almost all of them feel just stressed out and overwhelmed with everything they have to do, which really isn't that much, but it feels like a lot to them, and they get really stressed out by that process, which causes a lot of them to kind of get paralyzed, and they stop doing things, and they procrastinate, which creates a lot of stress in their parents, who then get on their kids, and that becomes this whole ball of stress. There's also pressure they get from parents and teachers about academics, about school, about what classes they should be taking. Um, And then, of course, just the whole decision process. Do I want to go to college? If I do, what college? What should my major be? How about my career? A lot of girls tell me they think all their friends know what they're going to be doing their whole life, and they're the only ones who haven't decided yet, which is not true. And even the ones who have, quote unquote, decided, they'll change their minds, most of them. But that whole, that whole part about decision-making, they've, they've swallowed a myth that says, if I make a quote-unquote mistake at the age of 18, like picking a college or, or picking a, uh, a major, if I make a, mis- a quote-unquote mistake with that, the rest of my life is going to be screwed up. It's going to totally derail me. And that, that is not true. But they believe that. They've absorbed that from the academic community, from the educational community, and from the culture. Two more quick things, two more quick stressors. One of them is that girls today don't spend enough time alone and quiet in order to know what's going on inside them, to give them a chance to express their emotions, things pile up, and then one of the symptoms of that becomes feeling more stressed. A lot of girls feel out of balance. There's so much energy around activities and busyness and not enough time with self-care. That can be a whole podcast in and of itself. That is a lot of stressors, and there's more. Those are the ones I hear the most from girls in my circles and in my counseling practice. I have a lot of strategies I want to share with you about how to teach girls how to manage and prevent their stress, but this podcast is already getting on 27 or 28 minutes. And I try and keep them to less than this. Um, and also, and this is a tease, I want to let you know of a new online parenting course that I'm going to launch within the next week or so. And the course is going to be called Parenting Girls, The Challenges Girls Face Today with Their Feelings and Friends and What They Need. And that's what they need from you. I I put out some surveys several months ago asking parents of daughters, what do you want to know the most? What are your biggest questions? What are your biggest fears? And I use that to guide the course. And I picked the two topics of feelings and friendships because those are two of the top three uh, biggest concerns that parents have about their daughters So I'm gonna launch that uh, in the next week or so if you want information about that Then email my wife Anne at a n n e at dr. a n n e at dr. Jordan Or you can go on our website. There's a there's a button you can click Where you got this podcast that'll take you right to that page. It'll give you information about the course all the different topics that will be discussed. It's going to be a very in-depth look at your daughter's emotional life and also her friendship life and give you a lot of strategies about how you can support her in those ways. Thank you again for showing up for this. I hope this helps. You become more aware of what's going on for your daughter and to be able to understand her at a much deeper level. I will be back here in a week with a blog and in two weeks with a new podcast, another uh, episode of Raising Daughters. Please share these with your friends. I really appreciate that. And always please send me feedback about things that you like, don't like, things you want me to talk about. I will see you back here in two weeks. Thanks for sharing.